This is the John Oakley Show podcast. Wanted to uh, dial it back just a couple of days earlier this week. Uh, there was a report of another gangland slaying. This one in broad daylight at a strip mall right across from Sherway Gardens in Etobicoke. And uh, the victim in this case, known to police, Antonio Scratch Fiorda, uh, who is said to have been a mob enforcer as well as into loan sharking and other such. But this is uh, an ongoing phenomenon now where we have gangland individuals are affiliated with uh, the mob who are just being knocked off. Uh, what's going on? Let's find out from one of the authoritative voices uh, who follows the beat. Peter Edwards is the organized crime reporter with the Toronto Star, as well as the executive producer consultant for the TV series Bad Blood. That's based on a book he co-authored with Antonio Nicasso on the uh, Montreal mob boss Vito Rizzuto. Peter, good to have you on the Oakley Show. Good afternoon. Oh, thanks for having me on. So uh, tell me now, what's going on here? I mean, the spate of recent murders, is this all part of the same ecosystem of uh, mob activity, or how do you see it? It's funny, because some of them are are well thought out. They're really surgical. Some of them are just flat out impulsive. And this uh, this guy who just got killed, there are logical reasons for killing him, and there are a lot of good emotional ones, too. I mean, he kind of ran the full spectrum. All right. Well, what would the logical reasons be? Uh, He was very close. Um, and considered kind of the muscle for a uh, Woodbridge um, crime family. He'd be the kind of the scary guy in the group. And so they're a bit isolated now. And so um, killing him makes them more isolated. Well, and then we had a, an individual who, uh, Mr. Caputo, recently at his restaurant outside on Roncesvalles. He's gunned down. I don't know if he had a mob affiliation, but they say his brother did. So, I mean, is this all part and parcel of the same kind of dynamic playing out, or are they interconnected in any way? Um, I think paranoia breeds paranoia, so when people think they're being followed, they act more violently, so in a weird way, they get connected when there is no logical reason. The uh, Mr. Caputo, he his misfortune was that his brother was involved in a... Uh, is, is in prison now for um, uh, killing someone or being part of a murder on College Street, and, and that involved... Um, uh, making a Mexican drug cartel very unhappy at the same time they killed someone in Toronto. And so I, I, my feeling for that one is that he was killed to make an example. Right. When you say a Mexican drug cartel, so are the orders then coming from afar and you've just got local operatives who are carrying out the orders? Um, sometimes, yes. And then sometimes it can be just that someone was rude to someone else, someone... Um, uh, this guy who was killed on Monday, he, he'd been a very, very tough guy, but physically he'd been declining. He was using a cane. He wasn't as fearsome as he once had been. And so there's some people who held grudges against him for a quarter century, and, and he was kind of easy pickings at the end. Yeah, they say the mob tends not to forget. Uh, so some sometimes it's not really impulsive, but uh, they lay low for a long, long time. But they, at the end of the day, like the Mounties, still get their man. Yeah, and there's the, um, uh, this guy Fjorda did some things that the people just, um, that just stuck stuck with him, like things that were considered even nasty in that, that world. He, um, once when he was collecting a debt, he took the guy's dog because the guy didn't have the money. Like he, he, he left the, um, the guy's house with a dog and a painting, which, which is considered bad for him even in that world. Hmm. So there's a code, so to speak. Uh, they like to think there's a code, but then um, at the end of the day, it's kind of Darwin. You know, like they, they sort of go nuts at the end of the day, but they pretend there's a code up until um, until they lose their temper, and then they try and justify it again by talking about a code. 
Well, have things changed over, say, uh, the last 20, 30 years? Time was uh, you might have one or two kingpins kind of controlling turf. Uh, it seems like there are so many different players now and different ethnic groups, and uh, it's broken down so much into, uh, I guess there's mob fragmentation. Is that my, uh, a proper perception of things? Uh, that's, a, that's a really, really um, um, good observation. Now there's... Um, it's more horizontal. There isn't really a pyramid. There isn't the big guy at the top like Vito Rizzuto. I'm, I'm working with a Mexican journalist on um, a group called the Wolf Pack, and they're very, um, they don't have a leader. They're very um, internet driven. They connect with people, do crimes, turn on people, but they, they don't like being bossed around and they don't really stay with anything all that long. Right. So it's not like uh, family affiliations. Yeah. Like uh, the, the olden days, you'd have, um, tight neighborhoods, tight families. Now you have um, shared interests and um, uh, not as much geography. Now it's kind of more like kind of woke gangsters too. Like they're um, they're not as racist as the old guys, but they're they're just as violent. And uh, my intel tells me sometimes they'll uh, subcontract where, you know, you'll have somebody come in. Uh, I mean, the people who are doing the murders and the hits, uh, you know, for a couple of thousand bucks, they don't tend, you know, the big guys don't get their hands dirty with this kind of stuff. Would that be right? Yeah, exactly. And the guys pulling the trigger don't know why they're pulling the trigger and they don't want to know. Like, that's not their job and they don't want to, um, they want to stay in their lane and their their job is to shoot somebody. And so... Um, they they don't need all the other stuff crowding their head, and some of them just don't care anyway. Which tends to make it more difficult, I think, for law enforcement, because you can't really dial it back to anybody that easily. Is that true? Yeah, I mean, you catch the guy, and even if he confesses, what does he really know? You know, like you, um, and some of the stuff is is off the Internet, so the people are taking orders from someone where they just know their online name. They don't actually know the person's name, real name. So where does this leave us now? I mean, uh, this was just the, the most recent example. Then there's a the case of the Musitanos out of Hamilton. Uh, somebody suggested this was the guy who got shot but didn't die. I guess Pat, they described him as a dead man walking. Uh, so, I mean, does this then just uh, lead to more retribution and the cycle of violence escalates? Yeah, I mean, what now the, in Mexico there had been um, five, five or six cartels. Now there are ten times as many, and so... The, the fragmentation makes things more violent. Like, you don't have any one big person having control. Vito Rizzuto was able to force control. To some point, the Hells Angels were able to force control. Now it's um, uh, small little groups um, joining with other small little groups and turning on other small little groups. And so if I'm working with you, I inherit your enemies, you inherit my enemies, and I don't know what they look like, so I get more and more paranoid and more and more violent. So you mentioned Mexico, Peter, uh, which tends to suggest, what's the vice that's central to all of this? Uh, it's cocaine. I mean, a huge amount of cocaine. The, the money comes in, then you put that into gambling, and you can move into all sorts of other things. You can um, loan it out to business people and then squeeze them. You can um, you can put unfair pressure on businesses. You can you can do um, lots of thing, but things, but the, the real oxygen for all of this, I, I think, is the cocaine trade right now. Yeah. I'm interested to fall, uh, hear uh, what you have to say in your book on the Wolf Pack, because I've uh, read just preliminary accounts of this group, and it's a scary prospect, because they're like shapeshifters when it comes to this organized crime, very violent. Uh, they take no prisoners. So hopefully we'll talk on that occasion. When's the book come out? 
Um, should be uh, late um, late next year, like late in 2020. I got you. Okay, well, hopefully we'll talk before then, but I appreciate your time this afternoon giving us some context or perspective. Well, thanks a lot, John. I enjoyed it. You got it. Peter Edwards is the organized crime reporter with the Toronto Star, as well as the exec producer consultant on the TV series Bad Blood. Thanks for listening to the John Oakley Show podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe for free at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere else you get your on-demand audio.